This morning, we're continuing on with our sermon series, St. Luke's on Broadway. Now, the title of the series comes not just from the fact that we are looking at different themes and stories from Broadway musicals. It also is a reference to the beginnings of our church. St. Luke's started the first Sunday after the land run in a tent that was set up on 3rd and Broadway. Now, we were there for a few years. We stayed on Broadway, but eventually, a few years later, we moved off Broadway. And so this morning, we're going to look at one of the off-Broadway shows, High School Musical. Now, without a doubt, this has the most humble beginnings of all the shows that we've looked at. It wasn't on Broadway. It wasn't in theaters. It started out as a made-for-television movie. But it was so successful, it gave rise to two sequels, a spin-off movie, three worldwide adaptations of the movie for Argentina, Brazil, and China. It also had a concert tour, an ice show tour, and the stage musical. Now, this is the 10th anniversary of the beginning of High School Musical, And the reason we decided to choose this one, because it was a little different, was because the the theme of this show most closely corresponds to the theme of St. Luke's this year, more than any other show that we're doing. This year, at St. Luke's, we're celebrating something for the first time, and that really is found in this high school musical. It's a story, it's a Disney story, about the different groups in a high school, the cliques that exist and the kids that are in all of those cliques and how they're kept together and and really encouraged to stick to their own kind and not do anything outside what the group expects of them or what is expected of the group. They're taught and encouraged to live under the labels that they've been given, whether that's jock or geek or skater. They're supposed to kind of remain in that persona, Well, the two main characters of the show are Troy and Gabriella. Troy is the most popular student in school. He is the high school basketball star. Gabriella is new to the school, and she's a straight-A science student. Now, they meet for the first time at the very beginning of the show when both of them are on vacation with their families um, over Christmas break, and they end up singing together at a New Year's Eve party. Well, Neither one would have done that back home, but uh, it wasn't expected of them. They weren't singers. And yet what they discovered, that being away from everyone who knew them, it gave them a little bit more courage to try something new. And they found that they loved to sing. Now, in Disney fashion, Gabriella just happens to move to the very high school that Troy attends. And when they get there, they start seeing one another, and they reveal to their friends their new interest in singing. And that starts to divide the student body, because everyone is supposed to stay within their peer group and do the things that are expected of them. Well, pretty soon you have other students that start to share that they want to do other things outside what is expected of them. And so you have the song, Status Quo, Stick to the Status Quo, and it's meant to discourage people from trying anything new. Now, I love this show, and I love the story behind it. Uh, How many of you remember those kind of things in high school, or you're remembering them now, being in school, how difficult it is to do anything outside the norm, 
to say or wear anything that's different. Now, it's not just when we're back in school that this is a problem. This really is an issue for all our lives. So many times we are boxed in or labeled. Maybe you're a Republican that agrees with some of the issues that are typically seen as Democrat issues or vice versa. Now, if you watch social media or television, you're told that everyone within any political party believes everything the exact same way. And everybody in this political party is adamantly opposed to everything in this political party. That's the way it is. Or maybe in your family, everybody has gone to one university, but you want to go someplace different. Or maybe you were raised in one faith tradition, one denomination, and all your friends are there and you've invested so much, but you feel called to go someplace new. How can we make sure to not let ridicule or our own worries and doubts prevent us from trying new things in life? This morning's scripture is from Paul's letter to Timothy. Now, scholars have debated for many years whether or not Paul actually wrote this or if it was written on his behalf. But this morning, we're looking at the thought and the intent of Paul, and what is said here is very much in line with other letters that he is known to have written to Timothy. And so for our sake this morning, we don't need to worry about the question of authorship. The words this morning are definitely of the heart and mind of Paul, whether or not they were by his hand. These are Paul's thoughts. He was encouraging Timothy because Timothy was coming up against ridicule. He was coming up against people who didn't think he should be leading the church. And Timothy was struggling with his own doubts and insecurities. And so Paul writes these words to uh, bolster him, to encourage him, to give him strength. Now, one of the things that he mentions is youth, Timothy's youth, and probably some of the people were uh, questioning whether Timothy was old enough to lead in ministry. And so Paul mentions that. Because of uh, Timothy's youth, this is a passage of scripture that is often used with high school students or middle school students. I absolutely think it's appropriate in that way, but not just because it mentions the word youth. I think it's important to use with young adults because a lot of times young adults struggle with wanting their peer group's approval. They also struggle with their own worries and doubts. But we, if we're honest, know that that's not just for young people. All of us want to please other people. And all of us at one time or another have things that we struggle with and worry and and are fearful of. I think there are three things that we can look at this morning that can help us have the courage to try new things and encourage others to do the same. First, what happens when someone you love doesn't love what you do? Now for Timothy, we know from scripture that Timothy had a mother and a grandmother who were strong in the faith. They were Jewish believers, and they raised Timothy up to be a believer himself. But there's really no good picture of his father except from Acts chapter 16. Let me read that, with, read that to you. And Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra 
A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews that were in those places, for they all knew that his father was Greek. Now, what some of the background is, is that Timothy's mother was Jewish, and so by birth, Timothy was Jewish. And yet, because of his father's polytheistic uh, religion and secular um, cultural beliefs, he was not raised within the Jewish tradition. Now, when he adopted some of the practice of the Jewish faith to go into ministry, you can imagine how difficult it was for Timothy to come home and share the news with his father that he was going into ministry. His father would have been adamantly opposed to some of the practices of the faith. And so there would have been this disconnect between Timothy and his father. It's hard when we don't have our father's or our mother's approval in life. That's something that strikes us down deep. It's something that can stay with us for many, many years, not just when we're young and in school, But even late in life, we hunger to hear approval from our parents, whether or not they ever gave that to us. It can stay with us for all our lives. It can be a struggle. In the story, Troy is a basketball star, and his father just happens to be the high school basketball coach. Now, his father loves his son. He encourages Troy to do his very best. He actually encourages him to try new things and to get out of the box and and think of new things as they relate to basketball. He wants him to focus just on basketball because that's where he sees his skills and his desires. When he hears that his son is going to go out for the school musical, he just loses it. And he pulls him aside and he tells him, you're a playmaker, not a singer. It wasn't just his father that went against him. All of his friends did. His friends on the basketball team told him, you weren't meant to sing. You were meant to lead us to a basketball championship. It can be painful when the people you love don't support what you do. When you want to try something new and and they try to discourage you, that can be so difficult. What you need to do in those moments is rely on your relationship with God. Trust in God to give you the support and strength that you need in those moments. And trust in God to help you continue loving your loved one even when they disagree with you. When I went into ministry, or when I felt the call to go into ministry, I was a physical therapist. Now, I had been involved in church life for many, many years. I had led Bible studies. I had gone on mission trips. I had done pastoral care visits to people in the hospital and their homes. And through all of those things, I felt this growing sense that I was being called into ministry. But I hadn't told my grandmother yet. Now, My grandmother was Hazel Doles. She was raised in the church, in the Methodist church. I had gone to church with Grandma and Grandpa Doles many times in my childhood. I know that my grandmother understood church, and I knew that she loved me, but somehow I had a sense that she wasn't going to be excited about my career change. I'll never forget the phone call. 
I called her up one evening and I said, Grandma, I think that God is calling me into ministry. And I remember just the air being sucked out of the conversation. And after a few seconds, I just heard her pleading, sad voice, Oh, Wendy, don't you know you can still serve God as a physical therapist? You can still do things in the church as a physical therapist. I don't remember much of the conversation after that. Now, I know my grandmother loved me, but I also know that I made her sad with my news. It was very painful. I would have loved it if Grandma had been excited, but it didn't happen that way. Now, I'm sure that some of her uh, responses were based on her perception of Methodist ministry. She was part of Methodist churches in Ohio, and all of the churches she had ever attended were very, very small congregations where the pastors struggled with the salary that they were given and the pastors moved around a lot. And I'm sure my grandmother wanted something different for me. Now, she passed away my very first semester in seminary. I wish that she could have lived to see this day, to see how much it has blessed my family's life and my life. I know that she would have changed her mind. But in those moments when I knew that she wasn't excited about my choice, I really had to fall back on my relationship with God to give me the strength and support that I wanted from my grandmother. Now, I know that if she had come to St. Luke's and seen all the ministries that we do here, she would have been thrilled. I know that my grandmother would have loved this family of faith. But it also reminds us to keep our relationship with God strong. People will let us down, and yet God will always be faithful. Second, how do we find the courage to use our gifts It's not always ridicule or uh, lack of support from someone else that can get in the way of us trying something new. Many times, it's our own insecurity, our fears, our doubts, our need for perfection. When Paul writes to Timothy, he challenges him. And he says, devote yourself to these practices, work hard, and then everyone will see your progress. I think he says that to tell him progress is expected because progress can still be made. There was room for Timothy to improve. Now, that can be frustrating at times for us to hear that we're not going to be perfect the first time that we do something. And yet, it's really important to understand that there, if that we're always perfect when we do something, we're probably not dreaming big enough. Who wants to go through life without ever being challenged, without ever learning anything? We need to dream big. We need to have lofty goals so that we need to work hard and practice at new endeavors in life. Paul also challenges Timothy to use your gifts. Paul could see that Timothy had an incredible gift for ministry, and it would have been a shame if Timothy hadn't used it. The church today would be different if Timothy hadn't been involved in ministry. Peter Barsocchini is a screenwriter and an author. Some of you may uh, recognize his name. He was one of the writers of the 1994 movie Drop Zone. 
It was an action movie starring Wesley Snipes, and it had high expectations of it. But unfortunately, it didn't do very well at the box office, and it lost more than $16 million for the studio. But he would go on to do other projects here and there, but he had gifts. He loved sports. He loved music. He loved to write and had a real gift for it. In 2003 and 2004, he began work on a project for Lifetime Television. He was writing a series, and he was writing the pilot movie for this television series, and he knew that it was going to be a hit. It had everything that was needed in Hollywood. It had models, sex, rock and roll, and it was based in New York City. He knew that it was going to be the breakout hit of the century. Well, at the same time, he was working on just kind of a small personal project for his 10-year-old daughter, Gabriella. He wanted to develop a movie that she and her friends could watch. And so he wrote High School Musical. Well, he based it on the story of Romeo and Juliet, but instead of having rivaling families, he had rivaling cliques in high school. And then he asked the question, what would happen if a basketball star wanted to sing? Well, Lifetime rejected his surefire movie, and High School Musical went on to produce sequels and spinoffs and a, a stage musical it became a worldwide $2 billion franchise. It was because he used his gifts. He concentrated on what he knew. He understood sports and music and how those can seem at odds with one another. He used his gift of writing, and he did something that was a gift for his daughter in a way that reflected something wholesome that she and her friends could watch together. We can make a difference in the world when we use our gifts. I think it's important that we reflect on these questions. What are our gifts? How can we use them that will reflect God's love? And how will they bring joy? And third, how can we encourage others in what we do? Paul was a living example of that in his words to Timothy. Not just in this passage of Scripture, but throughout Scripture, Paul was writing over and over to encourage Timothy in his ministry. Let me share with you some of the passages. I sent to you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered of news to you. I have no one like him who will be genuinely anxious for your welfare. But Timothy's worth, as you know, is as a son with his father in how he shared the gospel. To Timothy, my true child in the faith. To Timothy, my beloved child. And finally, my favorite. As I remember your tears, I long night and day to see you that I may be filled with joy I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you. Now, can you hear what Paul was writing? For Timothy, who must have struggled with the tension between his father's faith tradition and his decision to go in Christian ministry, 
Paul writes words over and over again that speak of Timothy as his child, as his son in the faith. Can't you just imagine how meaningful that was to Timothy? Paul wasn't doing that just to make Timothy feel better. He understood Timothy's ministry. He understood Timothy and the struggles that he felt, the insecurities and the the tension he felt with his father and some of the people in the early church. And so Paul intentionally used the words that would be most meaningful to Timothy. Not only that, he encouraged Timothy to use his gifts And then he challenged him to be the very best that he could, to work hard, to not give up. We can make a difference for others in the same way. If we will get to know people and understand what's meaningful for them, if we will challenge them to give their very best in ministry and speak the words that are most uplifting to them. You know, I'd never seen the movie High School Musical before we performed it here at the Poteet Theater. It was several years ago, and it has come to have a special spot in my heart because both of my children were in the show. Now, it was several years ago, and Brooks was uh, much younger, but already he had been in several uh, shows by that point, and he has just a natural talent and confidence on being on stage. But Hannah had never been in a show and had no desire to ever do it. But that January, Hannah and I were on a mission trip to Russia that Jay Prock just happened to be on. Jay's the director of Arts at St. Luke's and Poteet Theater, and he worked on Hannah on that mission trip. And I don't know whether it was... Uh, just she wore out, or maybe she turned her mind and, and became excited. But either way, by the end of the trip, Hannah said yes to being in the show. She was cast as a cheerleader, and she really gave herself to this. Now, you have to understand, this was really something for the first time for Hannah, way outside of her comfort zone. After a few rehearsals, I could tell that she was really down about something, And I discovered that all of the other cheerleaders were these girls that had been taking dance lessons all their lives. Now, Hannah had taken dance when she was a young girl, but that was several years prior. And so she was falling behind in the choreography, and and she just felt she couldn't keep up with them. Well, Jay knew Hannah. He understood what was going on. He knew also her background and some of her gifts and skills. And so he rewrote her part. Now, if you've seen the movie High School Musical or you've seen it performed as a a play, a musical somewhere other than St. Luke's, you know that it features the boys' basketball team. The boys' basketball team. But here at St. Luke's, Jay rewrote Hannah's part, and we had girls on the basketball team. Hannah had been playing basketball for as many years as most of the boys in the show. And so when it came to the song that they all had to do this choreographed dance with ball handling skills, she had no problem holding her own, and she was able to shine. I loved how Jay took the theme of the show, which is to have one character that seems to be under one certain persona or label and have them do something completely unexpected. 
She came out on stage in this really cute dress. She looked beautiful, but then she tore her dress away and revealed a basketball uniform underneath. Now, just between you and me, I held my breath every night that she did that. You don't expect to see your daughter in a breakaway dress on stage. But every night she tore the dress off and there was the basketball uniform and she was ready to go. It was an incredible way to highlight my daughter. And and Jay engaged her gifts on stage and in real life. I have to tell you that as a mom for my dear friend Jay to rewrite that part for Hannah, it meant the world to me. But as a pastor here at this church, knowing that the ministries of Arts at St. Luke's and Poteet Theater and Jay's leadership, they don't just put on musicals. They encourage people to use their gifts in such a way as to tell stories that reflect the love of God and to do it in such a way that brings joy to the performer and to the audience. Now, I'm embarrassed to admit that every night that I was at the show, I teared up at the last song. Most people don't cry at High School Musical, I'll just tell you that. But every single night, I got teary, and it wasn't just because my children were in the show and amazing, and they were. It was because of the words of the last song. They really touched a chord in me. Everyone is special in their own way. We make each other strong. We're not the same. We're different in a good way. Together's where we belong. Wouldn't the world be an incredible place if we all supported one another? If we challenged one another to use our individual gifts in the best way possible? If we stop putting people in boxes based on the way they look or their political parties or their backgrounds? Or we stopped using labels on people. Instead, all of us decide on only one label, child of God. And out of that, we use our gifts in such a way to reflect God's love and bring joy in life. And we encourage others to do the same. It's in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let each of us lift up our own silent prayers.